Today's episode of 77 Minutes in Heaven is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Hello, welcome to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Tim Cato. I'm the Mavericks beat writer for The Athletic. And with me, as always, Dave Dufour. How are you, Dave? I'm good. I You can't say as always. I haven't been on in like a couple weeks. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So, uh, as sometimes. I mean, you're always, you're always here in heart. That's yeah. true. As sometimes. And by the way, part of yeah. the Athletic Podcast Network, I'd argue the linchpin of the Athletic Podcast Network. <laughs> All podcasts <laughs> go through us. That's right. <laughs> we are uh, we're the we're at the inter- intersection of of everything. <sighs> I, I don't think anybody's ever said that about <laughs> us, but uh, we can we can pretend. Well, we can speak try. for yourself. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about the Mavericks. Probably be a little bit more specific than that. We're going to be talking about the uh, the roster, the players. I think we're going to go player by player, give them grades. So instead of going, you know, by traditional stardom or points scored. I thought it would be fun to go in order of total minutes played. Um, <laughs> so that's not minutes per game averages, but like the total amount of minutes played. Because I also think it's interesting who was actually on the court right. for you know the, the most amount of time for this team this season. And briefly, obviously, the season is postponed. Maybe it restarts. We're just going to focus on the three-fourths of the season that has been played. To start off, the player that played the most minutes was Dorian Finney-Smith. He was good. Yeah. He had a really good season. He, he came into the season as, as someone who I, I thought kind of might slip back towards the end of the bench, and that was a very foolish prediction on my part. He's just an, an excellent high-energy player, and it, it seems like Carlisle gets the most out of these types. Um, his offensive rebounding, has, I, I thought, was fantastic this season. Did a lot of crashing from the corner. Which is just, you know, incredibly useful for for a team that can, you know, with this sort of offense, any sort of extra possessions they can get makes them extremely dangerous. And I mean, he was snagging two offensive rebounds a game, which you know, for for a wing, that's quite a bit. Yeah, I think I think that offensive rebounding, even though his, his three, you know, he improved his three point shooting, he's still someone who can get played off the court a little bit if those aren't falling. All of his looks are pretty wide open. But, you know, that, that he's shooting 47% this season is clearly a win. When you add in the offensive rebounding, you add in a little bit of a dribble drive game. I think he's, he's a little bit better offensively than people might think. A little, little bit worse defensively. You know, he's not a pure stopper, I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. He is a good defender. He is probably the best on the team when, when it comes to perimeter defense. I, I think he would benefit if, if he was, you know, the second guy and they had a, you know, a true stopper next to him. Um, but you know who wouldn't well he's athletic uh, in a way he's athletic in a way that makes you think he's going to be a great defender for sure I'm, I'm giving i'm giving out grades based off i guess my expectations for them and how i saw them exceed or miss them so finney smith gets, gets an a for me just a just a proper a mm-hmm. because you know not an a plus but it, but a proper a he he far and away exceeded what i thought he could do this season he made improvements in the areas i thought he needed to and 
he has played more minutes than anyone else this season. He missed one game, I believe. Really good season from him. Yeah, I agree with you. I think an A is probably the right grade for him. I mean, nine points a game, five and a half rebounds. The biggest thing is shooting four threes a game and hitting 37%. Because that's his job on offense. It, you know, it, it's a heliocentrism, as we've learned from Seth Part now. It's all about Luca and, and giving him those shooters and and hitting 37%. They have to guard you. So best best season of his career, shooting the three, fairly high volume. Yeah, I think an A is the is the right is the right grade. The second most minutes played on this team was Tim Hardaway Jr., who I'll just give the grade up front. I think he was also an A. He also fully out out outperformed expectations as as far as I I am to be concerned. You know, like honestly, like like he shot forty one percent from three, and if you take out the first I think thirteen games of the season uh, when he was coming off the bench and just you know it, for whatever reason it wasn't working well, he was you know, shot hunting a little bit, you, you start his season. He's shooting like 44%, 45%. Like he has been the exact low usage, um, doesn't need the ball a lot. And we'll just put in, you know, we'll, we'll hit, you know, damn near half of his threes after the shots he does shoot. You know, that's, that's exactly what you needed on, on, on a team like this. And you could ar- argue that the, the team would, will eventually be better served with a, with a third best offensive player with a, with a slightly higher ceiling, but uh, for everything that Hardaway could have been this year, I, I think he was that. Just, yeah, was was very surprised and impressed with everything he brought. Yep, I agree. I, <laughs> there are going to be a lot of A's handed out because this team had such a, a fantastic season, especially in relation to what we all thought was going to happen. We thought this was going to be another year with a lot of growing pains. You know, year two of Luka, no one expected him to do what he did. I didn't see this season coming from Tim Hardaway. There's a good argument. I mean, he was probably a top 10 shooter this season. And among among two guards, yeah. if we want to even narrow it down further, he you know, might have been one of the seven best two guards in the league this year because of how much he was, you know, hitting that three ball and in particular once he had a steady role, you know, in the starting lineup. So, yeah, fantastic. Great time to be able to opt out and be a free agent. I I think that He's very important for this team, at least in the near term future, just because the other options at his position aren't going to be as good. Yeah, I think it's another A. I think in a in a non pandemic summer, there was a chance he might have opted out. I think with the uncertainty around everything, it's it's pretty pretty likely he's he's opting in. So I think that's a that's a win for Dallas for sure. Mm-hmm. Third most minutes, uh, we get to Luca. No real surprise there. He played 10 fewer games than Dorian and nine fewer games than Hardaway, uh, but obviously averaged the most minutes on the team, about 33 per game when he when he did play. I mean, what is there to say? We, we've talked about Luca so much. You know, he he's he's improved in. Honestly, he's improved in areas that I didn't expect. He's he's got better at getting to the rim, like better at just blowing by people, which is which is not ever something that, you know, I would have projected for him when I was watching him as a as a draft prospect in early 2018. Um, but 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 he does that now, you know, he is he's just a dominant athletic force and and gets to his spots and, and gets to where he wants to go whenever he wants. And so, you know, the areas I thought he might improve in uh, efficiency, you know, he's very efficient, but like his, his three point shooting and his free throws that hasn't improved quite as much as I thought. I think defensively, he's a little bit better, you know, still, you know, didn't didn't make any massive strides in that area. I thought maybe that that was an area he could improve in. But just generally, he is he's just a. You know, to to turn into a 
you know, a, a top five MVP candidate, top 10 player in the league, just like that, you know, as a, as a 20 year old, now 21 year old, you know, I'm, I'm certainly giving him an A as well. You know, I won't give him the A plus because, you know, there's still areas he can improve, but for Christ's sake, I mean, he's, he's like, <laughs> yeah. like a fifth, sixth, seventh best player in the league. And, you know, and, and he's a baby. So he's a 20 year old yeah, I mean, MVP. We, candidate. We've said it. He's a 20 year old yeah. MVP candidate. And I mean, you know, for most of the season, he was in everyone's top five. He is the, has the most responsibility for how much this team outperformed expectations. I think that even the free throw struggles, like you're nitpicking 75%, still pretty good. Shooting 32% from three looks bad on paper. But then when you look at the shots that he takes and the, and the degree of difficulty, it's very similar to that James Harden shot profile. A lot of those step backs, which are just not, not as good of a shot as a, a catch and shoot three. So you have to take that stuff, you know, with the, you have to add that context. But there's no two two ways about it. I mean, he was just fantastic this year. Incre- I mean, just an incredible year too. Up there with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Not not just people that he's peers with, but some of the all-time greats in the game. And, and so, yeah, I, I'll give him an A+. I'm not going to be stingy about it. I'll give him an A+. I would say there's a 100% chance that Luka will shoot a a uh, skyhook of some sort. He ought to. He will, he will take a shot in his career, and you just look at it and it's like, oh, yeah, that was a skyhook. Yeah, you know, let's do he's it. He's going to do it. I want to see it. Like, he's he's just going to do it because that's, that's the type of player he is. Uh, fourth most minutes played was uh, Maxi Kleba. And he also played 66 games, which was, at, you know, the, the most of any Maverick. Uh, I believe he missed one. He was really good, mm-hmm. I thought, all things considered. You know, he um, he ended up shooting about 37%, you know, about, in, in fact, the exact same percentage as Dorian Finney-Smith, although he took a few more threes than him. But overall, you know, his his defense was once again solid. I think he started the, the year slowly uh, in, in terms of a shot blocker, and, and he's not a traditional shot blocker by any means, although he does jump very high um, defensively, but you know, good, good defender, good, good shooter, you know, is, is perfectly fine doing other offensive things like rolling and and dunking and, and occasionally putting the ball on the floor and making smart passes. So, you know, just a very, very capable, just like the, maybe the most capable role player, um, cer- certainly the most uh, varied in, in terms of what he's able to do. So I will give him a a maybe an A minus since, you know, B plus. I think I think an A a, a minus is fair. Listen, 37% from three at his position is fantastic. Solid defense. Most importantly, going forward in this division, he showed he's the Zion stopper. So <laughs> I think you got to give him an A just based on that one game. Um, but but really, again, we're talking about a role player who filled his role to a high level. And that's the most important thing when when I'm thinking about grading guys who are non-stars or or you know, not your Tim Hardaway type contributor. And Maxi did that in, in particular, stepping up after the Dwight Powell injury, playing more minutes, um, taking on more of a burden defensively. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, I think an A is the right. going to be a lot of A's. I'm giving out a lot of A's. That's all I'm saying, Tim. <laughs> the next one's uh, the, the other star, uh, Chris Dusporzingis, who played about 1,600 minutes, did miss 16 games this season. Overall, you know, especially lately, you know, they 
you know, the, the, it's weird that the Mavericks kind of started, oh, we're going to we're going to stagger him. We're going to, you know, sit him second nights of back to backs. And it wasn't until his his 10 game absence with the knee scare that they really started taking that seriously. But, you know, I, I thought that he had a good season. You know, he had a he had a season that turned it upwards and that's all you can really ask for. You know, he got better with each passing mm-hmm. month. I think understandably he was not good for the first two because he had missed, you know, about 19 months of NBA basketball. Sure, that's fine. You know, it's probably going to take some time until he looks right. But, you know, I think more and more over the over the past uh, month, uh, de- definitely in the, the the two months, you know, I know his February was really good. And then in March, you know, he, he's, his numbers dropped a little bit, but I thought he looked fine. And especially he looked fine with Luca. Like I thought that pairing that synergy between those two was was getting to where it needed to be. Uh, so I'll give him I'll give him a B, you know, which I think I think is fair, given that, you know, if he, he was a pretty bad basketball player for two months and. For all the reasons behind that, I, I don't mind that. But, you know, you know, we'll 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 couch his grade. And, and I think that, you know, had he been able to finish the season, that that grade might have or if he is able to finish, you know, had, had he been able to finish a normal season, that that grade might have jumped up a little bit higher. Yeah, I think your point about him trending upward is the most important point to make when looking back on this season for Porzingis. His last month, he was a top 10 player in the NBA. The month of February, I mean, he was just incredible. and. Like you said, March, not as not as high level, but still pretty good. And coming around, being able to play with Luca in a way that he couldn't early on, they really started to have some synergy, which was fantastic for this team going forward, since this is, you know, two cornerstone pieces for them. Um, I, I think the B is fair. It, it is a little bit harsh because as you pointed out, he did miss 19 months of basketball when he came out and stunk at, at the start of the year. But a B is, if we're just taking it without the context of the injury, I think a B is a a fair grade given the expectations. Physically, he looked so much better in February, March than he did early on. So, So the conditioning was starting to come back. And of all the people who were being hurt by by missing the rest of the season, it might be Porzingis the most as as far as using this season as a springboard into next year. So hopefully he's finding a way to to keep his conditioning up and and to keep that physicality up and you know hopefully he's spending some time in the weight room because he's a little light in the ass right now. <laughs> well, it's not like the Mavs won him posting up as as we famously know thanks to to Carlisle's uh, rant. Yeah, but, but I mean he's a guard. You, know. you got to play him like a big <laughs> guard. And, and by the way, two blocks a game is nothing to to sneeze at. His help defense came a long way this year as he was trying to starting to figure things out, figure out what his role was going to be for this team defensively. So um, more rim protection from him would be fantastic, but I'm even, I'm not even sure how much more you can get. Maybe you just, you want to see him change more shots, uh, things like that. But I, I, I did think he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't need to be the team's second best offensive player. If somebody surpasses him, but, but he is the team's best offensive player, then he is more than fulfilling his max contract to me, you know, if, if he if he can average, you know, 18 to 20 points a game efficiently while spacing the floor while being one of the best rim protectors in the league, he is more than living up to his contract in, in my eyes. Tim, it's been a while since we've had any sports. We, have, we haven't had a live sporting event in weeks at this point. And the only thing keeping me sane is our colleagues at The Athletic, not you so much, but more our colleagues, you know, they're doing I don't keep anyone sane. Uh, they are doing some of their best work right now. You can read a story on The Athletic about Ronaldinho 
being in jail in Paraguay, which is a wild story if you haven't looked into it. You can read about the situation between Todd Gurley and the Rams and how that relationship was fractured beyond repair, or how minor league baseball players are getting financial support from the big league clubs. During times like this, The Athletic can help keep you connected to the teams, athletes, and sports you love. Sign up now to see for yourself and see some of the most creative reporting and storytelling that you're going to find anywhere. And that is our mark at The Athletic. If you go to theathletic.com slash 77 minutes in heaven, that's the number 77 minutes in heaven, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. We don't have any games right now. So come read these amazing stories that we're telling in this time of crisis. Go to theathletic.com slash 77 minutes in heaven for 40% off an annual subscription today. Do you think they would let me get 40% off as well? Yeah, you should gift someone a, a 40% off subscription. By the way, I mean this. We're, we're getting if- some really incredible creative stuff. You just had a story that went up about uh, Max is nice. Yeah, the, uh, the impersonator guy. Just a, just a quick little in- interview, but he did admit to me that uh, all the impersonations he does messes with his actual jump shot, which I thought was amusing. You know, when I was a kid, I used to do this with my buddy. We would go out and we would pretend to be two different players because, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, guys were a little bit more unique in their shooting styles and things like that. And yeah, it would definitely screw you up. Seth Curry doesn't have this problem. He uh, he played the sixth most minutes on on the Mavericks and, you know, was pretty much ended up being the exact player. I, I think that was expected from him. It took weirdly a month or two until he really got going. I remember the December game in Mexico City against the Pistons. He I think he had 30 plus, uh, certainly high 20s. And that felt like a turning point for him. And ever since then, he has reliably been the team's fourth scorer and a spacing threat and anytime he gets an open three you just expect it to go down and just just you know everything that you come to expect from a, a curry brother you know he's not stuff but he doesn't need to be he is you know was by the you know in, in march and in, in february he was the team's fourth most important player i don't think it's a stretch stretch to say that and uh yeah I, I will give him an a as well you know despite that that weird first month that i, I still can't quite explain you know he just looked off you know, things, things, things didn't look like they were falling into place for him. But but once he really caught his rhythm, like he was, you know, as good or better than I thought he would be and, and exactly what a team like this needs. I mean, he made more threes than any other Curry in the league this season. That's pretty impressive. That's statistically correct. That's right. Shot shot 45 percent <laughs> from three. Um, not not a complete negative on defense. I think I'm with you. I think this is an A, 12, 12 points a game out of you know your third or fourth guard, depending on, on the night. Pretty big deal. And uh, once again, since everything is about Luka, it is very much about how these guys shoot in their opportunities. And his per 36 numbers, you know, he, he's getting the shots up. So 8.1 three-point attempts per 36, which means he's not wasting these opportunities. Uh, you said he was looking things off early on. Well, that went away. And he was getting shots up and to hit 45% of your threes, you know, I don't care who you are. That's pretty special. He's hitting 56% of his twos and a lot of his twos are pull up jumpers. So, you know, just just a just a incredible shooter. 
you know, when you have Luka Doncic, you want as many shooters, you know, you want to you want this type of shooter next to him. Uh, next up is DeLon Wright. And I think this is finally where we can have an interesting grading discussion because he did play 65 games and, you know, did average, uh, you know, 22 minutes for the team. But all things considered, especially since the team was, you know, was pretty clear. They, they, they forecasted this summer that he was going to be he was their expected starter. He was, you know, the, the guy they were planning uh, to put in, you know, uh, to, to put at the one nominally, you know, even even though Luke is the point guard. And, you know, I thought it made sense. You know, I, I kind of looked at his his player profile and, and all these things. And, you know, I, I thought he was going to play well there. And then something about the way, you know, his game on the actual court translated just wasn't quite there. I I would say a lot of it, you know, he is he just doesn't quite have the feel in, in some areas that, that he, you know, he'll pick up his dribble in weird places or, or just not keep, uh, you know, the offense humming. Um, he, he does offer, you know, some some good qualities. Clearly, he stayed in the rotation all year. He's he's a funky player. He, he offers something the Mavericks don't have in terms of his 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 driving ability to kind of make something out of nothing. But overall, I thought he had a weird season to to put it um, yeah, nice, honestly. And and I'm curious to to hear your thoughts here. Well, so offense is more valuable than defense, especially for this team, because overall their defense is just not very good and their offense is. Uh, fantastic. I mean, they had the best offense in the league. He was their best guard and wing defender this year. And that needs to count for something, but it doesn't count for enough. And I'm with you. I think he was kind of up and down. I'd give him a B minus C plus because of the the expectations that, that were placed on him before the season started. And maybe that's more about our expectations versus, you know, what we actually saw. But his defense was was fantastic. But but it seemed like it was also the team's expectations. Again, he was he was penciled in as a starter. He started, I believe, all but one of the preseason games. He started the opening game and then he started the third game, I believe. And then after that, you know, he's he's basically been a bench player and he's been good in that bench role. I want to be clear. But based off the expectations, I believe the team had for him that we had for him coming into the season. Uh, we thought maybe this would be his breakout season. In in fact, in a lot of uh, predictions or, or when I wrote about before the season, how could the team, you know, take the next step, if you will, you know, the, the metaphorical or the, uh, the the cliched, how do they take the next step? I thought it might be DeLon Wright really breaking out and, and reaching a basically being the player that he's been in, you know, in a starting role rather than a, a bench role. And he wasn't able to do that. And I it's 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 confusing sometimes when you watch the good things he does mm-hmm. and, and and it's hard to understand why they don't translate to a you know larger stamp sample size i don't know if or, he works you know with this team this is the this is one of the the issues it could be that yeah and his three-point attempt rate yeah. was the lowest among rotation guys that were not dwight powell right and that's not good you know we we already have talked about this if you're gonna play with luca you've got to be able to if you're not getting to the basket You've got to shoot threes. And DeLon gets to the basket a fair amount, but not enough to justify not shooting threes. And a 30% three-point attempt rate is just not enough from a guard that's playing with Luka Doncic. It's good, good that you noted his defense. He, he has been very valuable on that end for them. Uh, I, I would also give him, I think, probably a C plus just based off preseason expectations for him. Next up is Dwight Powell, who obviously, unfortunately, suffered the Achilles rupture in January, which which kind of uh, 
you know, it impacted the season uh, in in interesting ways. I I do think it ended up being a good thing that that Porzingis ended up playing a lot of five. I think that that helped him. But but this is about Powell, so I I don't think that Porzingis's success there means that Powell doesn't have a role on this team going forwards. It is important for a lot of reasons to have a really high level role man, and there's a lot that Powell did for this offense even with Porzingis next to him. And just because Porzingis perhaps became more comfortable um, with, with this, with this freed role doesn't mean that the offense can't be at its best with, you know, Powell and Porzingis playing together at times in, in certain matchups there. I think there's definitely games that, you know, I saw Powell's absence being felt. So, you know, I thought he had a really good season, all things considered, you know, he, he didn't take any steps forwards, I would say based off what he was last season, but he was a good player last season, and I thought he was a good player this season. So I, I would give him a B, and uh, I hope that uh, he comes back healthy next season because I, I do still think that he has a important role to serve in some manner, even if it's maybe a little bit smaller than it was this year. Yeah, I think his passing as a role man was important for this team. The, the fact that he could find a shooter in the corner, find a shooter in the wing on the short roll, I, I think that that stuff, they missed that when he wasn't there. Luckily, Porzingis was able to to elevate his game quite a bit, and and they could make up for it. But it was a wrinkle that they missed without without Powell. So you could see how important he was for this team. I, I think you know a C plus B minus, uh, really an incomplete because you didn't get to see it the whole year. The Achilles injury itself could be an awful injury to come back from. So so we'll see how he fits into the plans going forward. But yeah, I think a B, maybe a B minus. I'll give him a B minus because he was doing a pretty good job for this team on the offensive end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's always been a, you know, 95th percentile role man. Not mm-hmm. always, I should, but last season, the season before this season, he's been that 95th percentile, whether it's 90 or 99 or, you know, somewhere in that range, like like one of the best role men in the league efficiency wise. And some of that is system and, and some of that is that, if you space the floor and have Luca passing to you, certainly you're going to throw down dunks. But he's also very good at it. There's no question about that. He shot 66% on, on two corners. And uh, I, I, that was actually his. Uh, he shot 72% on two corners, which is, you know, clearly a, a very impressive number. It's, it's way up there. Uh, I, I think he's going to be important. I, I don't know if he should always start next to Kristaps or if that's a regular season only thing or if. They can go into the season and just kind of adjust based off matchups because I do think there is going to be times where Kristaps is going to be best as a lone five um, or with someone who is more of a proper offensive four like Maxi Kleba is. But uh, I, I want Powell on this team. I think there's a role for him. There's a longer conversation to, to be had here about, about what exactly he brings to this team. And that might be something I write about later. But I, I, I will stick with my solid B grade um, and we can move on to Jalen Brunson who played about, you know, just over a thousand minutes, which is about 18 per game. I, I thought that he had a inconsistent role. Uh, he looked better at the end of last season uh, as a rookie, um, in part because he was just really given the ball. And he was, you know, he, he probably had the most amount, you know, much, much more. His role was much closer to what it was at Villanova. And, you know, obviously that that is going to bring him some level of comfort. I, I don't think he adjusted quite as well to this full time bench gets 18 minutes a night situation mm-hmm. you know the, uh, some of his shooting was a little bit down he, he did he did bring it back up and in, in, i think he had some better months and uh, be- before the postponement um overall would give him probably a, a solid b 
um, you know, still see plenty of potential and future. You know, I think he's going to be just like we said when, you know, everybody was saying when when he was drafted that, hey, this is this is going to be a a backup point guard in the league for for 10 years. And I think that's still 100 percent true. Um, and I think he'll be even better next season, you know, really, really growing into his role. I think you just saw some growing pains early on, and I think that's that's perfectly fine and nothing to be too concerned about. Yeah, I give him a C. I think he was about average, um, you know, among backup point guards. I do wonder how much of that has to do with the, the shoulder issue, which he wound up having surgery on. Uh, so maybe maybe that's a silver lining that his struggles and, and being inconsistent had to do with an injury, and he can bounce back from that. But like you said. It's it's very much about role with him, and if they can find a way to put him back in the position where he's comfortable, maybe we see an uptick next season. Um, but but for what he is, yeah, it's fine. See, yeah, I I think I probably had lower expectations then because you know I, I think that he did he fulfilled about what I thought he would coming into the year. So that's that's more where I where I landed on the B. But you know this is it's it's a Jalen Brunson grade on a. Uh, on a uh, April Mavericks podcast. I'm, I'm not going to sweat this one too much. Um, Justin Jackson, I think, is the last player we're going to grade, and then we'll run through the uh, the bench guys. Uh, but I thought Justin Jackson probably gets a solid C, C minus for someone who I thought might be the uh, starter at, at small forward for the team headed into the season. Um, in fact, I believe he started the first preseason game, which doesn't mean necessarily anything but does does kind of indicate you know maybe the team was also thinking this I, I heard a lot of buzz um and good things about him before the season and he was actually very good to start the year um and by very good i mostly mean he was really hitting his three-pointers and after the first maybe three weeks went by that just completely slumped and he ended the season actually or, or currently with with the season postponement he's shooting under 30 percent from three um i thought he had turned a corner there he looked good at the start of i'm he looked good at the end of last season as well. So for that not to be a, a real thing, whether it's comfort or or something, you know, I, I thought that was a disappointment. And overall, you know, for a, for an offense first player, you know, you can't shoot under 40% from the field and 30% from three if, if you're going to be, you know, a, a viable ninth or tenth man. He's not. And, uh, He's not. So, <laughs> so yeah. there, there's the answer, right? I don't think he is a viable ninth or tenth man. I don't know if he's a viable twelfth man. He's just not he's not good. See, and I had hopes he would turn the corner, but this his inability to do with this season has really soured me on on just strictly my opinion of what he can be. I thought that if he was going to turn that corner, it looked like he started doing it at the end of last season. Kind of carried it over for a little bit at the start of the season and for it to just drop off that dramatically. It was, it was disappointing for, for someone who I thought might be able to, you know, cement himself. As as a as a end of the bench, you know, tenth or eleventh man, and I agree with you. At this point, I'm I'm not sure he's that, and you know, I, I don't know how many more chances. At least with this team, he's he's going to get to to prove that. So, you know, I, I think if if you head into the head into the summer, I, I would, you know, the, the the number one type of player I would be looking for in what's likely to be a very quiet off season is is a wing player who can give you minutes. Anybody, Justin, really, just any yeah. wing. Yeah, could give you better minutes than what they got from Justin Jackson. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, if I'm judging it based on expectations, then it's a C because I didn't expect anything out of him. But if I'm judging it based on other NBA players, it's an F because I don't think Justin Jackson's in, like an NBA rotation player. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bleak outlook, but I mean that's that's what he did on the court this season. 
I'm going to just run through a few players and, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back at the end with you sure. and, and see if you have any any other thoughts. But J.J. Brea, I thought he was fine. It, let, let's let's do it like pass fail. I thought yeah. J.J. Brea passed pass. for, for when he played. Could have played more. Would have been interesting to see if he started playing more. Uh, but but clearly, you know, wasn't quite the same as he was pre-injury. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully if he sticks around next season, I, I bet he will. I'm, I'm thinking he will. There's a good chance that, uh, you know, maybe maybe he's a little bit closer to his old self, although he's also 35. Um, 34 year old Courtney Lee. Um, I thought, you know, it actually ended up carving out a, a little bit of a rotation role for himself in, in you know, the, the last few weeks of the season before postponement. More than more than a pass. You know, I was, I was surprised he, he served any role at all. But, you know, he, sh- he hit about 45 percent of his three pointers, very small sample size. But, you know, that's great. Boban Marjanovic pass. You know, all, all you ask from him is, is to be a game changer who can step into games and, and kind of change the dynamics of what's happening. And I thought he did that. He had some really good offensive games. He is, you know, an offense first player. You know, he is uh, uh, you know, just just a very honestly a really interesting player. If, if you really look at him strictly as a, as a basketball guy, and it's hard to get away from the fact that he's all lovable and, and memeable and all these things. But, you know, a really interesting basketball player who can change change some games at the end of the bench. I think that that's that's all the Mavericks wanted from him. And I think he did that. Brian Brokoff pass up, up until, you know, they waived him. But I thought, you know, he actually, you know, stepped into the rotation a, a few times when, when they had some injury issues. And, you know, I, I thought he was good. Little actually was was disappointed they waived him because I thought, you know, to be frank, that, that he was going to offer them more than Michael Kip Gilchrist, who I can mention next, who is definitely a fail. He scored mm-hmm. four points with the Mavericks in 71 minutes. Just I don't think. He's he's out of the NBA next year. I, I don't. Tim, think I think you him. could have scored four points in seventy-one minutes. I think I could have scored. Um, let's say one. I, I think you give me seventy-one minutes. I accidentally get fouled. I go one of two. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Maybe maybe I leak out for a layup. Four is a lot of points in seventy-one minutes for a Tim Cato for a podcast. Anybody who does a podcast outside of CJ McCollum, you're you're not getting NBA buckets, but. Maybe I could have done two in 71 minutes. Um, and the last player I was going to mention was was Willie Colley Stein, um, who I guess was a pass. He really didn't play much. 13 games. We saw him early on. He had some personal issues that, that he was that he that he missed games for. He was fine. I don't know. I mean, what I don't I don't know what I even expected from him. I thought he was going to be a a replacement level big man who filled minutes. And I feel like that's what he did. So in that sense, he was a pass. And um he actually might be on the team next year because he has a player option. Going to take that option. I I think he should. You know, it's it's for like two point five million or something. So I think I think he would be uh, rather foolish not to. So I would expect to see him around. And I think it is good to have a second uh, center option besides Boban who can actually give you big minutes since we know Boban can't. So I think I think he's a useful player to have on this team um, for that reason alone. I. I- I think I agree with all of your analysis there. Boban is a very good basketball player. He is. I think it gets it gets kind of lost, like you said, because he's so memeable, but just incredibly skilled. I'll toss this in here. Uh, I have a feature coming out on Boban that I won't quite reveal the, the details of, but I will say that Stan Van Gundy told me he actually thinks a lot or, or has thought in the past, like, should I have played Boban more just because he was so good offensively? Like he it is a question. Every has, coach thinks that. Yeah, it's a, it's a question a lot of coaches, I think, wrestle with. But Stan told me firsthand and he was like, yeah, the, the defensive issues, uh, that was a that was a problem at times. But he was so good offensively and just just wouldn't stop raving about him. And I think that that's a that's an interesting, uh, interesting point that uh, that I think a lot of coaches feel. And, and maybe 31 year old Boban is, is a little bit different case. I think he has mm-hmm. clearly has the role he should 
in Dallas. But I think in years past, he is um, pro- definitely, definitely underrated as, as a player, I, I, w- I would say. Mm-hmm. I agree. You got anything else you want to talk about any more players who you want to talk about? Oh, we didn't talk about Josh Reeves. Oh, man. No, we didn't. No, but two, he, he was. somehow two games played one minute. I don't really know how that works. That's amazing. But, uh, that that is that is truly an impressive stat. We we could we could uh, we could talk about Antonio's Cleveland's twenty two minutes, but uh, yeah, we'll we, do an Antonio's Cleveland deep dive here in like three weeks when yeah when we're uh, two hour pod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's the only way we could really capture the uh, the breadth and, and greatness of his of his NBA performances. But until that episode, uh, we'll, we'll leave you guys here. Thanks for listening as always. Catch you soon. Mm-hmm.